0: Maggie Roswell, and we're listening to Reliving My Youth with Noel Fogelman.
1: And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. Hey, it's a bonus episode this week. I had the pleasure of chatting with actress Maggie Roswell from The Simpsons. Maggie voices Bud Flanders, Helen Lovejoy, Miss Hoover, and Milhouse's mom, Luann, to name a few. She tells me which of those characters is her favorite. The Simpsons have had so many guest stars in it's almost 30 years. She tells me which of them are her favorite and the story behind getting to voice the iconic Sherry Bobbins. Maggie was an established on-camera actress before The Simpsons. We discussed her cult classic movie, Midnight Madness, and what iconic TV show she turned down. Here's my conversation with Maggie. And helping me relive my youth today is Maggie Roswell. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Oh, thank you. This is fun.
1: Yeah. So, a uh, little news today from uh, the Webster's Dictionary. Embiggins uh, was added to the dictionary, and that was made famous by, uh, by the Simpsons. <laughs>
0: That's it. Some of the things that they say, you know, you wonder that we end up in a dictionary. You got to love that. And it's a, they they just on Thursday started a table read for our 30th year of the show, which is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how crazy, like, did you honestly think when you like got hired for the job that it would even last like a year, oh. five years?
0: <laughs> no, no. I was, cause I was doing a lot of on camera work, film and television. And um, at that time, you know, I did the Tracy Ullman show, and I was on camera, and they said, do you want to um, do a, want a Tracy Ullman show? And I said, sure. But then they were saying that, um, that uh, uh, who was it, Fran Drescher didn't want to do this one sketch. And I said, well, why would I want to do the sketch then? And they said, well, it's a singing, you know, thing with uh, Tracy and Dan Castaneda, who I already knew. And it's singing Leader of the Pack with Clarence Clemens, the E Street Band, and Carol King. And I went, you know what, that's reliving my youth. Of course I would. And then after the show, they said, you know, we're auditioning for The Simpsons, which I hadn't seen a lot of Tracy to see the the little cartoons of The Simpsons. So I was like, okay, whatever. But I was doing so much on-camera film and television stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, this will be fun no idea how it's all going to turn
1: out. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how how that works out. You get that one little break and there you go.
0: I know. It's wild.
1: Yeah. But like your on-camera stuff, uh is it true that uh your agent kind of uh suggested you turn down Saturday at Live?
0: Yeah. They actually said at that time, yeah, you know what, that show's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that that's really good. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um <laughs>
1: Because, change agents. <laughs> but in
0: reality, they wanted me to replace Gilda and oh, okay. um, uh, Gilda Radner. And the thing is, is that for me, a lot of the characters that I did were, you know, different and similar and everything. But I, there would have obviously been a comparison. So it may have worked and may not have worked. Um, it's hard for a lot of the women that are on that show. I've had a lot of friends that have been on the show. And it's harder for the women than it is for the men on that show, you know hey, isn't this what it always is now? Um, but it's even so, then as a later, I would audition for the show, then they were mad that I had turned it down to begin with. So, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. So they said, no, you cannot not do this show now. Because that was really what I did. I was really doing a lot of characters. I was on the Tim Conway show right. with Tim Conway and Harvey Korman, and, and a lot of the characters that he would do on the Carol Burnett show, then we would do characters around those characters. So it was, I, and I had been doing improv for so many years um, with Harvey Lembeck's class, and in that class was like, you know, John Ritter and Robin Williams and, you know, a, a bunch of different people. that John Laurel Cat, all these people wow. that were improvising with, you know, that, that I was able to improvise with for years and years, which was really a blast, and it just kind of trained me. Um, as well as all the other theater training that I had to do that, you know. But, um, but yeah, it was it, it, it's so funny where you figure you start out one way and then you end up there. So that's why I always tell people, oh, yeah, you think it's going to be like this, but then it will change.
1: Right, <laughs> absolutely. Wow, that was some, like, heavy hitters you were in class with.
0: Oh, yeah. And they, there was one night that um, I did, uh, they had Joey Bishop come oh, okay. by, who, you know, I mean, people would have to Google Joey Bishop, because, you know, he was one of the Rat Packers. Well, but yeah. Joey Bishop came by, and he was old then. And, I, <laughs> you know, they had me go on stage with him and do, you know, an improv, which was wild. And then after that, the next person was Phil Foster, who was, you know, a real Alta cocker comic. <laughs> but he was, you know, really famous, you know, in stand-up and everything else, but was really known as Laverne's father in Laverne and Shirley. And then I did it with him, and that was kind of like doing, you know, old Borscht Belt comedy. And then I did the next uh, sketch with um, John Ritter, and then the one, the next one with Robin Williams. And so I laughed because I went, I've run the gamut of comedy in one way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, it was a trip. But yes, there was a lot of great people that I was able to work with, and who knew I would end up working with them, you know? Right. You know, you always think when you're a kid starting out, you go, yeah, someday I'd like to be just like this. <laughs> In fact, it's like the the manifestation of what you can do when you think about it. I was um, at Los Angeles City College in the theater department, and at that time, in the theater department, was you know Cindy Williams and Mark Hamill and all these different people, and they were training us to do theater. And so Mark would have to like run out and do you know. do auditions for TV, but not tell anybody, and, so, and everybody was the same way. Um, there were so many people there that ended up going on to film and television doing things, but um, at LACC, they really trained us to be actors doing that, and I remember, you know, standing at like 17 years old or 18 in the green room saying, someday, like, when I'm about 27, I'd like to be just like Carol Burnett, and <laughs> on my 27th birthday, uh, Tim Conway says, well, it's Maggie your birthday today, and I was standing between Tim and Harvey and Joe Hamilton was in the booth, and I thought, wait a minute, this, this can't be it. Is this it? This is it? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be careful what you wish for because then by that time you go, okay, I've reached that goal. Now what's the next goal? You know, what can I do next? Because in this business, you're always reinventing yourself anyway, which for me, luckily, I started to go into voiceover, you know, instead of just staying – I just, just in film and television, which was fantastic, but you kind of age out a lot of the time in that business. And so I've been able to play little boys and stuff on The Simpsons, and old women, you know. And I've even I was Dr. Hibbert's wife, Mrs. Hibbert. So you know, it's like you can change everything. I was the Bumblebee's, you know, wife. I Santa Maria. So it was a. It, it's been a, a great thing to do. And I always tell people to definitely get into voiceover or improv.
1: Yes, a voiceover, I mean, like, you can, especially The Simpsons, which is completely ageless, you know, you can keep doing that for, yeah, forever. <laughs>
0: forever. Yeah. Exactly. And that was what they said they, um, actually, they had, uh, when um, Matt Groening was in uh, London, they had said to him, well, you know, do you see an end to The Simpsons? And he said, well, you know, we're closer to the end than the beginning. And then the next day, you know, in the London Times, it says, Groening says that, Simpsons is ending, and oh. so he said, "No, no, no, that's not what I said." So now, when people say, "How long do you think it'll go?" He goes, "Forever. We're right. just going to go forever."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a safe bet just to say that, you know, and cover all your bases. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Did you um like do it? You- uh, any uh, voiceover work with uh, Mark Hamill, You your past course? Um,
0: well, actually, Mark and I, um, he ended up doing The Simpsons at one point. Right, I'd seen Great him, and episode. he said, oh, I really want to do The Simpsons. And I said, you know what, here's the deal. Because we saw each other at Fox at one point, and he said, uh, and I said, yeah, I know, but if you do, you've seen what they do. They kind of, you know, um, send, do send-ups of everybody on the show. He goes, that would be fine. So we were able to work together in that, and that was very fun. And I saw him at The Simpsons, um... You know the one of our big Christmas parties that they had, and uh so it was that was really a blast, and it was so much fun to see him after all those years, and especially in the very beginning when he first had done you know i mean actually when he first did Star Wars, nobody knew it was going to be as big as it was, right. and he auditioned for this other um t v series and got it and then they were saying well no you you still have to do this t v series." <laughs> so. It was. It's very funny the way that everybody's career goes. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so yeah. So I've worked with a lot of great people.
1: Yeah. Who was like some like the most memorable like guest stars on the show or ones you kind of like geeked out over?
0: Well, you know the the ones that the probably the best with the Simpsons that I loved. Well, I, you know and even though I don't even think I was in this one, but it, and I might have been, but. Um, it was the one with, uh, with Lisa and, you know, Lisa as a substitute, and the substitute was Dustin Hoffman. Okay, yeah. And But those were the days when people didn't want to say that they were doing cartoons, so Dustin Hoffman um, used the name Sam Etik, because he <laughs> used to go, you have such Semitic good looks. <laughs> and so that was, because people didn't want to say, oh yeah, we're doing I'm doing The Simpsons, now people would love to be on The Simpsons. Right. But those were back in the days, and that was one of the first ones, and it was so sweet you know um the just the the sweetness of a lot of the shows i love the most and of course for me being able to do sherry bobbins was like a dream come true and um it was just i mean it was mind blowing because they had wanted um um julie andrews julie andrews to do it and then i was um i was just kind of basically the understudy right. and then julia decided that she was maybe going to do another uh... Maybe another Mary Poppins or something with Disney, and so she wasn't sure. So then they said, you know, okay, well we're gonna have to have someone else do it. And I thought they were just gonna get some big starter to it. And they said, well, y- you know, you can do it. You have a really good, and that's like the only vocal impression that I do. Right. But that for me was probably one of the pinnacles of what you know I did in the for my career of one of those. But you know, i had a lot of things on camera things that I had done, I was laughing because someone was saying that. Next year is the 30th year of a movie called Midnight Madness. Oh yeah. And I don't did you ever see that movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kept thinking they would fix it in post and it was Michael <laughs> J. Fox's first movie and the thing was is they were having a big actor strike. This was like way back in the day of actor strikes and they had gotten a dispensation to do that movie. So that's pretty much all you saw on TV for the, like a year was that movie. And so they've, you know, it's become drinking games. And I remember I was signing something for someone, and so he just said, oh, yeah, it's a cult classic. I said, yeah, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I laughed. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Well, as it turned out, I, when I, I went in to, to get, um, you know, the, the DVD of it, and I was talking to the guy, you know, one of the kids that was working at um, Best Buy, And so I said to him, so do you know a movie called Midnight Madness? And he goes, no. He goes up to his manager, the manager goes, Midnight Madness, it's a cult classic. (laughs) And so, but it's the 30th year next year, and I think there have been so many quotes of of that one, and so many people that came out of that movie, well, obviously Michael J. Fox, the most, but it was such an anti-Disney movie, they kind of... Threw Michael J. Fox out of the back of a moving van. You know, there were just so many things that weren't really kind of Disney-like at the time. But um, it was—it's—it's uh, it's now coming up to its 30th year, which really scares me because I have people writing me letters to Donna, who was the the head of the um, of the, the sorority, my my character at you know 26 years old playing it. And so I went, Donna doesn't exist, baby, and I'm an old woman now. Really, <laughs> honestly. But um anyway so it's fun. Yeah,
1: and that was like one of like what, Paul Rubin's first roles, right?
0: Oh yeah. Oh and it was funny with Paul because I knew him from the Groundlings and um the uh the thing is is I'd seen him forever at the Groundlings and I'd done a show there, um, at the Groundlings in LA and um with Julia Sweeney actually who had been on Saturday Night Live and we did a live show and, and Paul, we had known I had known from there, and when we were doing this movie, um, he was a guy that was like one of his first things where he was in the middle of a uh, an animal throwing as con- well as a toy store, and so he was the head of a toy store, and we were kind of throwing things instead of a food fight, we had toy fights, but um, but he was so funny because he said, Maggie, hi, how are you, <laughs> and everybody, you know, and, and I and I. Adore him, and he's he is hysterical, and that was when he had first said to me, "Well, I'm doing this thing called Pee Wee, and we're going to do it um, on, you know, it, on Sunset Boulevard." So I saw the show, and it was so wacky, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is insane!" And then, of course, he becomes Pee Wee Herman, and everywhere I see him, they go, "Maggie, hi!" They go, "You know Pee Wee?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes, we've all been in the trenches together. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> But it was, you know, yeah, I it's kind of traveled through a lot of people and a lot of people that I've met on The Simpsons that, you know, I would never have met Elizabeth Taylor before if I hadn't been on The Simpsons. And different people that have come through the show that I was, you know, I wasn't there with um, Michael Jackson, but right. that would have been a trip, yeah. you know, because they had a stunt singer that sang for him, which I thought was really wild right. because of his contract. so. Yeah. <laughs> There have just been so many little great stories that have happened with The Simpsons.
1: Were you able to, like, uh, converse with uh, Elizabeth Taylor?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, that was, it was so funny because she was um, up at the, uh, at at first I stood behind her and, you know, when she was greeting everybody, and then I just laughed. I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, it's about those eyes. That's what everybody says. So I went around to the front, and they really were violet. I mean, spectacular, (laughs) beautiful. And so when she was up at the microphone doing all she said is daddy 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 you know? yeah. <laughs> and um then we were and these were in the days when we were all in this um uh, like it's like a huge sound stage and we would be there for the whole day and would play ping pong and do all this stuff it was really really a blast in those first 10 years um and now they just go in people do the job some people are in L.A., some people aren't. So it's it's not the same kind of dynamic as it was those first years when they were creating everything. But um, when uh, when she was up there, I said to David Silverman, who is, of course huge executive producer and you know uh, really designed a lot of the um, the animation and everything. I mean he's huge, but he was sitting there, and I just said to him, "Draw her." And he goes, "I don't really draw." I said, "Draw her." So we he drew this you know, thing of Elizabeth Taylor, and you know. Um, the you know her dogs and all this stuff and she comes up and looks and she goes well darling if you're going to do that then draw this and she put out her hand with one of her major diamond rings on it and oh, it was wow. as big as my head <laughs> and I'm holding her hand looking at this diamond thinking okay this is wacky whenever would I you know there are just so many like moments like that that you'd go okay this is a freeze frame moment in your life what a trip this is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: wow that's amazing yeah. <laughs> So now, um, like, you, you mentioned the first, like, ten years you guys had table reads. How, like, fascinating was it to see, like, say, like, Hank do all the characters during the table read and Dan? It must have been pretty wild to see them interact really, with themselves. It really
0: was wild, and they still have Dan, you know, they, they put, like, a... Um what you know it would be a, a piece of plexiglass between Dan and all of us you know at the um not only at the table read but the record because Dan's voice when he's really bellowing you know then it kind of can bleed over so it's really it it was been it was wonderful watching people at the table reads discover things like when Harry Shearer realized that um that Mr. Burns and Smithers that Smithers was in love with Mr. Burns right. and and it was his face was like what 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 (laughs) and and those fantastic moments where you go oh great moments and one of the most fun things was um when we were doing um the um which one was it for um for millhouse's mom and dad and Mm -hmm. he had millhouse's father's line before mine because i was going to do the mom (laughs) like all of a sudden hank does that, and then so my line is next. So immediately I have to go, ah, 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 and I went, oh, uh, well, uh, all right then. Uh, well, uh, we all didn't go to Goucher College, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and that line, it was pretty funny because they, um, when they did, uh, they were playing Pictionary, and he was going, "Come on, Luanne." And and (laughs) she goes, you know, we didn't know go to Gudger College because um, one of the executive producers, Ian, had gone to Gudger College and everybody else had gone to Yale. So it was like all these inside jokes that they have on the show that you used to love to watch happen, you know, right at the table read itself. Um, And a lot of people didn't even know that I was killed um, until they opened the script and were reading through it, and they said that it was just dead silent you know, at the table read. And so then they were like, oh, man. I don't know if it was like, oh, man, I can't believe she's not here anymore or, oh, man, right. they could kill me too.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, now I was going to ask you about the, the dispute. Um, how frustrating was that to see, like, you know, the the leading characters get a, a big bump and Fox offering you pretty much chump change?
0: I know. Well, it, you know, it, it was. I mean, but we've since kind of, you know, come to terms with everything, which is why I'm back on the show on the, you know, I came back on the 13th year to now, um, and um, honestly, we live in Colorado, and I do the stuff from here, all the shows, and, you know, you have your insurance, you've got everything, so I'm just very grateful at this point, with especially with the way that the business goes, that I'm still on the show and still on something so iconic. Yes, it would be great to make billions of dollars that, like, they're making what a beautiful thing, but also, you know, billions of dollars a lot of times doesn't translate to someone being very happy. It can be. Like, some people go, oh, money buys everything, but for some people, not so much. (laughs) But for us, we're just so happy to be living here and our daughter's here and we raised her here and things. And I went back to L.A. for two years, um, a couple of years ago, uh, to kind of see the, get the feel of what was going on there. And it was, you know, a lot has shifted in animation and in commercials and in so much of what we've done but now my husband Hal and I are working more with virtual reality and augmented reality which is kind of the next part as opposed to where we were before I mean unless like I said you reinvent yourself it's you know you're pretty much dead in the water you have to keep reinventing yourself as an artist and creator and voice person and it's hard to rest on your laurels at all because you know I have a um <clears throat> I have this quote that johnny carson had said that television is the only industry that eats its young and <laughs> it's kind of true and It's what it is but um... you also have to know that going in and it also it's highly competitive and unless you can take the heat you've got to get out of the kitchen you know you can't stay in this business and not figure that you're going to do different a million different things i mean i've written and produced and you know done a bunch of different things that i never thought i would be doing that um, is is great because it just it broadens your whole um, spectrum of what you're you know doing with your life. So now in this new onslaught of uh, virtual reality and augmented reality, you know how uh, my husband Hal Rail, has created a um, a group called the Denver Herd, which is a group of voice actors here that work as kind of like a Saturday Night Live group that would work together and be able to do. Um, animation and voiceover and everything for gaming and um, virtual reality and augmented reality, which, you know, having people that are a cohesive group as opposed to kind of picking different voices that you have to use for something, I think makes it a lot stronger as a project. So that's, you know, that's exciting in kind of the next part, as well as the 30th year of The Simpsons, which is exciting in the next part. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. Like and you, you mentioned like you know augmented reality, virtual reality. Like my paying job is, is working with Microsoft and doing esports. So we've done a couple like video game competitions with the augmented reality, and it's it's pretty wild to be able to test it out. And it's it's really fascinating what what's they've done so far with it.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. And it, you know, for you and your straight job, give us a call because there's a lot of things that we are interested in doing with that and helping create the next part. Because a lot of times they don't use voiceover because they're not sure about the cost and this and that. But I think there's new templates that have to be established now for um, for augmented reality and virtual reality. Because a lot of times with the unions, they're a little bit behind on what's going to happen with the technology moving forward. So, um, so we'd be interested in working with you, darling. Oh, absolutely. Be fantastic.
1: That would be great, Yeah. <laughs> So uh, when you like found out about Maude, uh, and you found out how she went, were you at least like intrigued about no, the death? I was,
0: I was literally blown away, like she was. Yeah, exactly. Um, because they had ended up, you know, replacing me with another actress to to even be killed, uh, because I had flown myself back and forth. Um, you know, that was how, you know, and everybody can read about that. You know, I'd flow myself back and forth from Colorado to LA. And that was during the days when people weren't doing things remotely at all. I mean, I started the whole remote concept. Right. And now um, Julie um, Kavner's somewhere else, and um, so's Hank. I mean, everybody's in different parts of the country now not necessarily in the room working together uh, but at that time it was so outrageous to do it and when i quit the show then they said on air entertainment tonight maggie russell's no longer doing the show because she's too tired to fly from her home in denver oh boy <laughs> i just needed you know a little geritol right. and then i'd be okay yeah
1: exactly <laughs> that's some... some
0: vitamins then she'll go exactly but you know? um but that was the you know that was kind of a deciding factor, but then that was the next part, too, of opening everything up, because we had had our daughters here, and it was just, it was very hard for me to keep flying back there and going, and then after 9-11 happened, then I definitely would never right. have been able to get to the show on time, you know, because everything was so crazy at all the airports and stuff, so, um, it um you know, it kind of has its own, it's evolved in its own fashion. But you kind of also have to roll with all of it to figure out what's the best. And the reason, one of the reasons they brought me back is because they had these little characters that they put into an environment, um, uh, toys, and um, they said, well, if Maggie's voice chip isn't in it, then we're not going to make these toys. And then Fox said, would you like to do it from your house? (laughs) 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 So. So it all worked out very well.
1: Well that's, that's good. Out of yeah out of all like the regular characters that you do, uh, which one's like the most like entertaining for you?
0: For me, I think um, well I, I you know I love all of them for different reasons, right. you know and um, uh, doing heaven Love joy is always the best because she's just the person that stabs you right in the back and smiles in your face. <laughs> and then um, I really like Miss Hoover because you know when she's working with Ralph, sleep while the others are learning, you know, she's just, I mean, I, and I keep thinking, you know, with this whole gun thing about arming, you know, Miss Hoover with a gun, right. that in itself would be frightening. And <laughs> um, then uh, Lou Van Houten being, you know, just Milhouse's mother and being such a great divorcee has been really great. And then, you know, as you can see, they've brought a lot of flashbacks to Maude Flanders. And the great thing with Maude is that she's so sweet and loving. And, you know, just such a religious person that even when they, and that was the, you know, the first, I mean, I've been killed a couple of times on the show because, as you know, Sherry Bobbins, underneath right. the fuselage, yeah. and then being killed by a T-shirt cannon with Maude Flanders, it's like, <laughs> but it's, they, they have it as one of the top deaths in television was, you know, um, Maud Maude being yeah. killed which I thought was really wild. It's like J.R. and then Maud Landers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she, uh, you know, with, with each one of those characters, it's just, it's been so sweet. And I, but I think that Miss Hoover and Ralph kill me the most. They always come up with the best. You know, best things between the two of them. Yeah. Oh, Miss Hoover. Okay, I'm fine. I'll just eat worms. Yeah. You know, it's it's really great. Right.
1: It's like, no, Miss Hoover. My name is Ralph. <laughs> and,
0: uh, yeah. yeah, Miss uh, Hoover. No, I'm Ralph, Miss Hoover. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like falling but, asleep. You know, that, that's when I'm a pirate or Viking. Yeah. A Viking. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know. I sleep. That's why I'm a Viking. Yeah. I just it's it's my favorite thing ever. Right. Yeah. You know, that's like, and some of the quotes that they've had on that show that I just, I mean, I adore. And for me, the wild thing was watching me doing things in the table read, where I'd like go, oh, Nettie. You know, and I call them Nettie, and then right. all of a sudden, they go, oh, Nettie, on other things. So it was just like little bits of things that you have to help create these characters, which is really fun. But um, the writing is so spectacular. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And the people that write the show are incredible because for me now a lot of the times for the show they will do the show and then when they're doing the pickups on things because it takes a year to do the show and put it together they will have me do things that make you know it more current and relatable and so that's really fun to see where they've come from from the original script to where they end up when they're actually doing the show so it's really fun
1: it's really great yeah and and speaking of like things are current the show has had an act of predicting the future and, I and it, it happened a couple of weeks ago at the olympics the
0: oh no what was what was the olympic thing the
1: u.s curling team the men's team they, they won the gold medal and they beat sweden whereas right. the episode where, where homer and marge are in the curling team and they and they also beat sweden for the gold medal on the show so, See, and, this
0: is and this is the thing that those those guys and i was talking to you know it's like with al jean about that they go oh oh swami tell me what is going to happen right. next <laughs> Yeah. But it is to figure out what all of that is. And if you I don't know if you've seen all the things that they did um, with Trump and yes. uh, the first 100 days. Did you see those? Um, did you go online and no, see the first yet. 100 days? Oh, you have got to see it. It is insane. Oh
2: God! Yeah, they did definitely. a
0: couple of special animation things about the first, I think, 50 days, and then the first 100 days, and I don't think they've done anything since then. But it is hysterical to see the things also that are predicted just in those two things, and that was... Just when he went. I mean, the first was going down the escalator and um, Homer falls into, you know, Trump's hair. So, I I mean, it's just brilliant. It's really brilliant. And I know that um, they had worked. They just did those as kind of a sidebar. Um, James Brooks definitely wanted to put those out there. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, it, it's amazing how, like, uncanny those predictions really are. You know, uh, Disney buying Fox, that was another one.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know.
1: Yeah. It's, Man, it, it's
0: just, you know, that's the thing, is is that it, it's, uh, who would have thought that that would have happened? And that's why I was also thinking, okay, well, I'm here. Hopefully, Disney still wants to have me doing this. Okay. <laughs> Remember me? I, I did Midnight Madness years ago.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Yeah. But I'm, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean I'm very uh I am very lucky to to be doing the show. I really am. It's just it's a blessing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic show. Unfortunately, I was laid off by the mouse about nine years oh. ago. So. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> the mouse was in the house.
1: Yeah, it's a, totally, and he, he was the one put me in the trap. But it, it worked out. Not yeah, a problem. See,
0: but that's the thing. It always works out. You just never know where, where you're going to come out on the other side.
1: Exactly, exactly. But, Maggie, thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: And a special thanks to Maggie for joining us today. Be sure to follow her on Twitter at Maggie Roswell. Also, her website is maggieroswell.com. You can follow me on Twitter at thefirstnoah 19 Be sure to like the page Reliving My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, listen to past episodes, and while you're there, you can rate and review them. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.